Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Crazy Old Man in His Own Attic, Episode 71. Wilbon, we begin today with the sad news that Wes Unseld, who'd been in ill health for a while, passed away today at the age of 74. Now, Wes Unseld is the greatest player in the history of the Washington NBA franchise, be it the Bullets, be it the Wizards. He was their player, he was their coach, he was their general manager. We both knew him very well. We'll start with you. Your thoughts about Wes Unseld. Tony, you know, I, I, when I was reading some of the obits and actually sort of preparing one myself last night when I was told that Wes was probably not going to make it very long, and you look at something like 10.8 points a game, and people who follow basketball now look at that and say, well, how could that guy be important? How could he be in the Hall of Fame? He was everything. He was everything. He was like the strongest guy, as we know. So I'm going to tell you a quick story, a personal story. The great David Dupree, who, as you know, for the Washington Post, covered those Bullets teams when they went to the finals and they went a couple of times and failed and they won. They won a championship. I was going to practice to substitute for David Dupree as a young sports writer for the Washington Post. And Dupree said, listen to me. You don't just go to Wes Unsell's practice and screw around and start reading the paper. or You, you don't do that. He will quiz you. He will ask you what play they're running, and you better know. So you better pay attention. This is a time when not only could you attend practice, you better pay attention. And Wes Unseld, he was so inclusive. I mean, I learned more about basketball those days covering the Bullets and the Wizards when Wes was the coach and the GM after he ended his playing days when I was a rookie reporter. And I know you feel the same way. He was strong and honest and sincere and 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 sharing and giving. He, you, I don't know a better man than Wes Unsell. Not not in my life do I know a better man in or out of sports so I than Wes Unsell. And I suspect you feel the same way. I will speak to this issue because I covered his teams as a columnist. And as a columnist, I wrote critical, sarcastic, nasty pieces. And Wes Unseld always talked to me, always answered my questions. I grew so fond of him as a man and felt badly that as the coach and the general manager, he never got that team to the levels the team was at when he was the player. You talked about 10.8 points a game. He was a center in the style of Bill Russell. Defense mattered more than offense to West Unseld. He was a tremendous rebounder. The outlet pass, the classic outlet pass, where you go up with two hands, you turn in midair, you put the ball on two hands behind your head, and you throw it down the floor. That's West Unseld. The guy who does that best in the NBA right now is Kevin Love. This is interesting about Kevin Love. Kevin Love's middle name is Wesley. And he was named for Wes Unseld by his father, Stan Love, who played on the Bullets with Wes Unseld and thought that much of him. They got one championship. It's Wes Unseld's. They went to the finals four times. Since he retired, they haven't gone to the finals. He, his relationship with the owner for so many years, Abe Poland, was like a son. And I need to repeat that, and you know this, Mike, like a son. Abe Poland wouldn't let Wes go. What job do you want? You can't go. You've got to be here with me. And he is by far the greatest 
figure in Washington basketball. There's there's no one who approaches him. There is no Tony. Two quick historical notes: Rookie of the Year and MVP. Here's the list of people who have been Rookie of the Year and MVP: Wilt and Wes Unsell. You like that list? And the other thing is right. Tony. That's when he was right. being recruited, Wes was. He was part of history, but he could have been a, a different part of history in that the University of Kentucky, going which to had Kentucky. no black players then, yeah. Adolph Rupp went to Wes yep. Unsell's home and attempted to recruit him. And there were all sorts of other issues I know Wes didn't want to be a part of. We talked about it. Like, you had to find another black player because he had to have a roommate in college. There was all sorts of stuff. And Wes said, I'm fine going to the University of Louisville, where he went and was great. And all you people, all you kids out there who don't want to include Wes Unsell in your top whatever, go Google, go to his Wikipedia page. Look, Wes Unsell, read about the man and the player he was. Just, I'll just say one other thing. That every night when he went out there, and he was 6'7". He wasn't bigger than that. He was wide, but he was only 6'7". He had to battle against Willis Reed and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Will Chamberlain in an era where the NBA was dominated by, by centers. And he, he always held his own. Always. And got Bob Lanier, Dave Cowens. I mean, it was giants down yeah. there beating each yeah. other up. Wes was yeah. the shortest guy by far, but he was so strong and so tough. You know, people think they're strong and yeah. tough now. Yeah. No, not really. Tony, we've got, we moved from the great to the absurd. We got the strangest controversy over the George, George Floyd tragedy involving the New York Knicks. Jim Dolan is being harshly criticized for sending an email to his employees essentially explaining why the Knicks would not be issuing any statement regarding the tragedy in Minnesota and its aftermath. Tony, you've seen and heard this criticism now. You have known Jim Dolan. You know the Knicks. What do you make of all of this? Okay, so as I tell you all the time, the Knicks are a disaster as an organization. They have a terrible one-loss record. They have terrible public relations They step on themselves all the time. Would it be so hard to just say this, something that took 10 seconds to write? And let me get it. We are shocked and saddened and appalled by what happened to George Floyd and what it says about our culture. While we think that we treat our employees fairly and equally, we will redouble our efforts to provide equal opportunity and a welcoming environment to all who enter our doors. Mike, would that, like, you can't do that? What, what is, what, what position are you standing on that you don't want to release any? St- I don't understand it. I, I, just I don't understand don't. the position. Is he, underst- is he on the position that I'm friends with Donald Trump and therefore he might not want this and I've contributed to his political efforts? I, I, I don't I don't get it. Tony, here's what's so crazy about this. There's not another owner in the NBA that is hired more black or female executives in, in total. Oh, you're right. Than yes. Jim Dolan. Yes. And yet, yeah. Tony, yeah. he's put a muzzle on his own people inside the garden, apparently. And you know there are people yeah. inside who want to have a statement, who want to say something, who want to speak to this. Yet, he does this. It's so contradictory. It's so confusing. You always tell me he's the worst owner in sports. And I always go, Tony, don't be so harsh. Blah, 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 blah. This is damning. I, I think that everybody is super sensitive about what is going on now and sort of uneased. And you look into your heart and you just say, this is wrong. We can't have this. We have to reexamine our positions 
We have to make sure there is justice for all, not just justice for some. And to go out of your way to not take a public position, it it it, it brings everything down on you. It, I don't know, Mike. Like Tony, everything else, the Knicks do. I, but, and especially at a time, I was going to mention a couple of things, Tony. Floyd Mayweather, who I you know, rip pretty harshly for some of the things I think he does that are just over the top. He says, and there's confirmation, he's paying for Floyd's funeral. Mark Cuban, to pick another owner in the NBA, Mark Cuban has come out and says, well, wait a minute. We've got to deal with people equally, and equally does not mean the same. And Mark Cuban has outlined a lot of things that he thinks he says is going to change about his own outlook. And here's another owner, again, wading in. What, you know, and I understand each person has his own comfort level. Um, you know, Tom Herman, the University of Texas, Men's football coach talking about the treatment of black players on and off the floor. People are understanding that even if they are not particularly comfortable, they're going to have to talk about this publicly to their own constituencies, whoever they are. And here's a guy, Jim Dolan, who's been an owner for a long time. He's a public figure. He's in a band. He does all these things. And he can't even. And by the way, the San Antonio Spurs have an issued a statement. They're the only other NBA team. But. Greg Popovich, my God, he weighs in and he weighs in like nobody else, completely without fear. And if Dolan went the other way, he could do whatever you want. But, Tony, the silence is just. There's a there's a phrase that we've been using over and over again, and it is tone deaf. And that is what this is. It's totally tone deaf. Let us stay with basketball, but move on to something else. The NBA is reportedly working on a plan to resume the season and begin their playoffs. The plan calls for eight regular season games as a sort of a tune-up to the playoffs, and then some play-in games to set the field. To me, the big news is that 22 teams, they came up with 22, are going to be involved. What do you think of 22? I don't like it. I mean, that's just personal. And I, I, Tony, I understand I'm not the one paying the freight. So there, there there are owners and there are contractual obligations, and I understand there are people who are looking to work and be paid at this time in this world. And I don't, I don't want to step on any of those toes or offend anybody. But if you're just asking me as a connoisseur of basketball, 22 teams, I mean, I know it gets Zion in. People want to see Zion. It gets a, a Phoenix Suns team in, weirdly enough, that people think a team that will have charismatic characters very shortly here as they move to the forefront from the back burner to the front burner. The Wizards, the Washington Wizards, people want to see Bradley Beal. Okay, people want to see a lot of things. But 22 teams also brings in a couple of hundred extra people into this bubble that you are trying to keep safe. And that, by definition, incurs extra risk. So, Tony, I don't know. I, I, I know LeBron wanted to play extra games, but I don't think LeBron by himself is driving that bus. I think there must be other people on it. But it seems to me they should just start with the playoffs. 22 makes no sense at all, especially since you don't even know, is that 11 from the East and 11 from the West? Because apparently the reporting is that the only extra team in the East is Washington giving them nine, and then there's five extra teams from the West giving them 14, and then you wonder, are you going to do crossovers in the first round? Is it going to be the the normal and traditional conference things? You can attack the NHL for 24 teams, but they're going straight to the playoffs. They're, they're not doing this. There are no play-in games or anything like that. And to your point, to your point, and I know that you often talk about 
owners in other leagues being arrogant. It strikes me that if you are concerned with health and safety, why are you adding more people? Why are you adding more games? Why are you adding to this bubble? Do you not think that the coronavirus has a better chance of affecting your playoffs if you widen it out? Mike, I, I, you know, you and I, 16, let's go. Tip it off. So I let's don't go. get and it. Tony, I don't. I would even allow for a play-in, a brief, quick play-in. And then you go to the 16. Okay. I'm okay with East versus West. I'm okay with 1 through 16. Any of that. Let's get let's 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 cut to the chase. But I'm sure we'll we'll have an explanation. We'll hear about it. Tony, you know you are when I was a young pup, 21 years old, coming to sit at the knee of the master, believe it or not, it was you, my mentor. What did you always say? Stolen from Bob Woodward and Deep Throat. Follow what? Follow the money, or as Don Olmeyer said, the answer to all of your questions is money. So that's what it's going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Baseball, Tony, let's move to that quickly. Baseball owners are floating the idea, that's a phrase we're used to, of a shortened 50-60 to 60 game season with the players receiving their full prorated salaries for those 50-60 to 60 games. This comes after the players made a formal proposal to the owners of a longer season, 114 games. Tony, what do you think of the idea of 50-60 to 60 games for your next baseball season? I don't think it's going to be 50 um, it's not going to be 114, but it's not going to be 50. 50 doesn't feel like a baseball season. A baseball season is longer than that. The important thing, as I read this, the important thing is that the owners have said, okay, we'll give you what we agreed to three or four months ago. We'll give you prorated salaries. Now, they want to keep the games down so it doesn't cost them more money, and the players want to expand the games so that they get more money. This strikes me as being on the glide path to a compromise. This actually does. Now, again, here are my questions. Does this mean it's American League and National League and it's not geographic? And, you know, the same questions I have with the NBA. Like, what is it exactly? Because Mike Baseball leaks another plan every single day. Every day. But I think this gets them closer, don't you? I think it gets them closer. And so what, they'll split the difference and play 80? Weren't we talking about 80 at the very beginning? But you're going to have to have the compromise that's going to have to be really reached is whether it's fully prorated or not. I mean, we're going to get back to that. I don't think that just the meeting of the minds on a number of games or, 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 you know, finding some spot in the middle is going to get them back on the field. But, Tony, 50 to 60, then what? They're going to say all 30 teams will be in the playoffs starting Labor Day weekend. 50 to 60 doesn't even get you to September. So what are we talking about here? And are we talking about American League, National League? I'm, I'm okay if they do away with that for one a one-time-only thing. But if we're talking about – I mean, if we're talking about 75 or 80 games, Tone, I don't see how people – the consumers can't be satisfied with that. I think that they would be. But again, and we just talked about the NBA trying to restart. And now we have baseball trying to start. And the central issue is money. It, it, the central issue to everything now is money. This is not new, as we've said about a variety of things across a variety <laughs> right. of days. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. 
Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. You know, the drill, glasses, yellow legal pad, yellow legal pad, kids. Duh, and we do the happy legal pad here. Happy 68th birthday, Gary Bettman. The commissioner of the NHL has an actual plan to get his sport up and running, albeit with the usual caveats about health and safety. Bettman has narrowed the NHL's bubble to two as yet unnamed cities, but there is a structure in place and a definite field of 24 teams in the playoffs. Bettman has been NHL commissioner since 1993, by far the longest tenure of the Big Four commissioners. Like Adam Silver, Bettman once worked for David Stern. And like Rob Manfred, Bettman is a Cornell grad. He was hired to sell the game in U.S. markets, and he has increased league revenue from $400 million to $3 billion. When Seattle joins the league in 2021, eight new teams will have been added under Bettman, and seven will be in the United States. The Winter Classic has been both a commercial and an artistic success under Bettman. Plus, Wilbon, his kid once caddied for me in Dick Schaap's golf tournament. <laughs> Listen, whatever chirping is directed at Gary Bettman, there's a certain amount of that that goes to commissioners, no matter how successful. By any reasonable measure, Gary Bettman has been a terrific steward of the NHL product. Can we agree on that? Yes, un un undoubtedly. Absolutely. Happy anniversary, Dick N Dirk Nowitzki. On this day, boy, am I stumbling. On this day nine years ago, Nowitzki capped off a furious 15-point fourth-quarter comeback in Miami to shock the Heat and even the finals 1-1 in a series the Mavericks would win for their only NBA championship. This was revenge for Dirk over Dwayne Wade for when the Heat, with Shaquille O'Neal, of course, beat the favored Mavs in the 2006 finals. This Heat team was the first with the big three of Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh, and they were big favorites over Dallas, whose squad was Dirk, and 37-year-old Jason Kidd, Karan Butler, Tyson Chandler, Jason Terry, and Sean Marion, hardly in a league with Miami. Had the Heat held on to that fourth-quarter lead, maybe they do win not four, not five, not six. Maybe LeBron has at least four titles by now. But let's give Nowitzki credit for dragging his team to a championship when he had had playoff failures like losing in the first round in his MVP season. One of the many things I admire about Dirk, he didn't have to go hook up with somebody. He didn't have to leave where he was and go play with a player who'd already won a championship. He said, I'll stay here. I'll take this. And for a while, it looked like he was going to be the Ernie Banks of his sport, but he wasn't. He got to the finals, as you mentioned, once. He lost to a terrific Miami Heat team, and he got to the finals again, and he won. I love Dirk Nowitzki. I think the league misses him more than people will say, Tony. He's underrated if you can have a champion who's underrated. But I love that he stayed in Dallas and worked with the guys he had, and no 
Nobody calls him a big three or a big anything else. Jason Kidd, Jason Terry, Karan Butler, Tyson Chandler, those guys. I, I, Sean Marion loved watching them when they were playing that season. And a melancholy trails to Pat Dye, the former Auburn coach who revived the sagging Auburn program, made it into an SEC power, died yesterday at age 80. Dye had a 99-39-4 record in his 12 seasons at Auburn, and five of his teams ended their seasons ranked in the top 10. Most important for Auburn fans, Dye got them to where they were on equal footing with Alabama. The irony is that Dye got his coaching start as an assistant for Bear Bryant at Alabama. Dye's most accomplished player was Bo Jackson, who beat Alabama as a freshman and ultimately won the Heisman Trophy. Jackson's daughter wrote this on social media, quote, You turned a shy and angry young boy into the intelligent, sweet, and caring man I get to call dad. You taught so many young men at Auburn how to be a great football player and an even better human being. We love you with all our hearts, coach. A recruiting scandal cost Dye his jobs as coach and AD at Auburn in 1992, but the school so admired him that it named the football field itself after Pat Dye. What a nice eulogy from Bo Jackson's daughter. Tony, Pat Dye, talk about being Mr. SEC. He played and led his team at Georgia playing several positions, linebacker and lineman. And then he was an assistant for Bear Bryant. And then he goes on to lead Auburn, and they won the SEC four times in those 12 years as head coach. That's a wow. And I'm sure the people at Auburn uh, are really sad today at losing someone who, for them, was an absolute giant, even if people nationally don't remember him quite as much. PTI.